So last time we talked about praise, but that might have stuck in some people's craw because, you know, when you're faced with praise, you're also faced with, in many cases anyway, reluctance, the resistance towards it. It feels unreal. Uh, It feels uh, not genuinely you. But uh, what's behind that? And I think we've got some important things to explore here. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described in the book of Romans. I invite you to join me every Monday through Friday, uh, because this uh, broadcast will help you to train your faith and uh, grow in your walk with the Lord. Uh, you can listen every, uh, as I say, Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. There's, uh, you can also listen on Podbean. You can listen on other uh, places, uh, Apple and um, um, Spotify, Uh, We're still having some difficulty with SoundCloud, but hope to get that sorted out soon. So uh, I was referring to yesterday to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. So when a person begins to learn to praise, you know what that is. It's the Holy Spirit helping you to do it. The Holy Spirit is the gift of life to us. He brings the life of Jesus Christ, the resurrection life of Jesus Christ to us by faith, and we in that faith, realize we are now living in the resurrected life of Jesus, no matter how many troubles come our way. But as I say, the idea of praise for many people hits a wall of resistance. And what do you think that might be about? You might be one of them. I've certainly known it in times past as well as present sometimes. And I believe it is resentment. We are people who have been wounded through life constantly as uh, troubles have come our way and God hasn't seemed to come through for us and we've thought, where is he and why don't you help me now and why are you so silent? And those uh, troubles, not only in reference to God, but in reference to all the harshness of life and the troubles we go through, some people have known uh, abuse as children, Uh, Some people have known neglect, an absent parent, an absent parent, an absent father or mother, or an abusive father or mother, and these experiences leave us with deep levels of resentment. Now, of course, resentment is an expression or a form of anger. And when when we become Christians, we don't like to think of ourselves as angry towards God. But that resentment and anger is, I believe, at the core of resistance towards praise. The idea of giving thanks to God has within it for some people a hidden belief, a hidden attitude 
that God really doesn't deserve it. We wouldn't put that kind of thought into words. Of course, it sounds almost blasphemous. But that's where what's going on in many, many cases. So what do we do with that? Well, the wonderful thing about the gospel is that God has decided, is that the good news is that God has decided for us, and that God, according to Daniel chapter 7, verse 2, God, um, in the judgment, decided for the saints. He made judgment in favor of the saints, in favor of people whom he has come to lead to faith. So God is in our favor. And that means that we are free to be able to express to God all of the displeasure or discontent or resentment we we feel towards him. God is big enough to take on our anger. Now, if we don't express or identify this anger, it will simmer. It simmers within our emotions, and uh, it leads to a resistance to faith, which is uh, ultimately a resistance to praise. So, again, what do we do with that? Well, I think it's good to know that you can be able to talk to God about everything that has been bothering you and troubling you about faith in Him over the years. You can tell him everything. You might want to get a notebook or a journal, if you like, and start writing down the angers, the pain, the resentment that you have experienced in your life. Now, I I think that most people have about half a dozen major landmarks of, of tragedy in their lives. And so you might look back at those six major tragedies and express them to God. Tell them, uh, uh, talk about them to God. Tell them how disappointed you were as a result, how wounded, how hurt you were, how you felt so angry with him, how you felt, how they led you to distrust him because you feel that he doesn't come through for you in your crises. Talk to God honestly. I think that so many Christians, because they have not really yet grasped the gospel, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, they haven't grasped that so that they are able, as a result, to trust that they're safe with God when telling him how bad they feel about him or how uh, angry they feel or how distrustful they feel of him. So, it's a good thing, then, to list those angers down, or those uh, tragedies in your life, that ha- those half a dozen tragedies, and ask God, Father, where were you? Why didn't you come through for me? What was the ne- why was it necessary to spend so much time of my life in sorrow and grief, not knowing whether you were saving me or comforting me or strengthening me or loving me. So then, as we do this, we find ourselves increasingly safe in his presence to express all of these things to him.
And what you'll find, and you need to go into the details, the details of those six tragedies uh, and what they meant to you, what you will find over time is that you begin to reinterpret what was happening to you. As your faith continues and you talk to God, and let me say that as well, resentment leads to non-conversation with God. You just feel this lump in your chest uh, of, of hurt and woundedness, and you simply um, leave it there and don't talk to God. Well, this talking to God now through a journal maybe or through prayer, and of course journal writing is a kind of prayer, um, you begin that conversation with God. And as you begin the conversation with God, the perception of those tragedies changes. You begin to see that there is much more going on than simply the tragedy. You begin to realize as you talk it through that you are coming to a place of evenness, equanimity, a place of calmness, of acceptance, a place where you can grieve, but you can also get past the grief. And when that happens, you begin, you begin to realize that the six tragedies may not now be called tragedies, but six growth events. Now, again, that at this moment in time may sound tremendously offensive to you that tragedies are growth events. But don't try to force that kind of idea onto yourself. Simply talk to God about the tragedies and the anger you feel towards them, and that, and things may change later on. What seems to be a tragedy is an event that is drawing you closer to God. No, it may not have drawn you closer to God at the time, but now that you're reflecting on it and seeing what it is all about in relation to God, it's beginning to draw you closer. And all of this opens the way to gratitude, to being grateful that, dear God, that tragedy, as great as it was, has led me in this present time of my life to become thankful that you were there for me. I didn't know it at the time. I was angry that you seemed so silent. But I realize now that the event combined with growing in you, dear Jesus, and combined with faith that is beginning to see the possibility of praising and thanking you for it, is drawing me closer to you. So then, the things that lead you to resist praise are being faced. Those dynamics are being faced and as you face them and voice them and admit them and acknowledge them and confess your weakness and woundedness and sinfulness to God, not necessarily sinfulness for the anger, that's not a sin, but feeling the resistance to praising, which is a sin in a way because God is wonderful and merciful and gracious towards us, all of that 
is coughed up, as it were, is is uh, spewed out. And what happens afterwards? Well, there's room now in your heart and mind to give thanks to God. And then as you start thanking, as I said last time, you begin to see a new energy returning to that old body of yours. Now, I know I might be bothering some people when I bring up this issue of Mark in Nigeria, his need for a year's electricity uh, costs. Uh, You may say, well, yeah, I'm just listening to the radio broadcast. This is not uh, my issue, Um, uh, but it's part of the ministry. And I have to tell you that it has been a blessing to these young fatherless men over the years, and it has been a blessing to this ministry. I mentioned to you yesterday, and I'll repeat it today, that uh, the electricity company in uh, Nigeria requires a year's uh, electrical uh, bill paid to be paid at once. Uh, this is only going to continue for the next year because they are planning to put, finally, finally, I say, um, uh, meters uh, in, uh, install meters in the homes so that people can pay on a monthly basis. But that $1,800 is what it is at the present, and I'm looking for that kind of money. And if anyone here listening uh, is um, concerned about that and wants to help, then please do so by sending your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. When I was over there... I saw how difficult the most basic things that we take for granted are. Just drawing water, I mean, turning the tap on when uh, we want water, and yet they have to uh, draw it from a well, in many cases the poor do. So please help if you can. If you are moved by the Spirit, thank you so very much. I'll see you next time then. Cheerio and God bless.